0: So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, welcome back. This is going to be for Luke chapter 13. So I'm going to read the heading, since uh, this is the only uh, part in the the Gospels that uh, Luke covers. Jesus teaches, repent or perish. He gives the parable of the barren fig tree, heals a woman on the Sabbath, and likens the kingdom of God to a mustard seed. He discusses whether few or many are saved and laments over Jerusalem. So, let's go ahead and get into this one. Verse 1 is a call to repentance. And there were present at that time some who spake unto him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Or, those eighteen upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Mortality has dangers, and the righteous are involved in natural disasters and troubles the same as the wicked. Mishaps are not a punishment to those who don't keep the commandments in all instances. The instance mentioned in verse 4 about the eighteen who died when the tower of Siloam collapsed, uh, is something that uh, is also established by uh, things outside the scriptures, non-biblical sources. Uh, so there's that was an event that occurred. Verse six. He spake also this parable: A certain husbandman, and that's God, had a fig tree, the Jewish remnant of Israel. So the fig tree is symbolic of Jewish or of the Israel remnant, or a Jewish remnant of Israel, planted in his in the vineyard, or in other words, the world. He came in the meridian of time and sought fruit thereon, in other words, faith, righteousness, good works, gifts of the Spirit, and found none. So here he's talking about here Israel and that they are not producing fruit like they were supposed to, according to the covenant. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, in other words, unto the Son of God, behold, these three years, the period of Jesus' ministry, I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none, cut it down, or destroy the Jewish nation as an organized kingdom. Why cumbereth it the ground? Why should it prevent the conversion of the world by occupying the ground and preempting the time of my servants? And he, the Son of God, answering, said unto him, in other words, unto God the husbandman, Lord, let let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. In other words, let me preach the gospel, raise the warning voice, show forth signs and wonders, organize the church, and offer every opportunity for the conversion of the Jewish nation. And if it bear fruit, the tree shall the tree is saved. In other words, the Jewish nation shall be preserved as such, and its members gain salvation. And if not, after that thou shalt cut it down. In other words, destroy the Jews as a nation, make them a, a hiss and a byword, and scatter them among all nations. And many other parables spake he unto the people. Verse 10, A woman is healed on the Sabbath, and after this, as he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, this miracle recorded is recorded because it took place on the Sabbath. Behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirm- infirmity eighteen years, and was bowed together, and could in no wise straighten up. Some mental or spiritual affliction attended her physical illness. And when Jesus saw her, he called and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmities. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Jesus appears to have sought out the woman to show that it was okay to do good on the Sabbath. Remember, the woman does not come to him and ask for this, but he seeks her out and gives her the blessing. And the ruler of the synagogue was filled with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work in them, therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then said unto him, O hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound low these eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Though Satan may rejoice in the afflictions, whether physical, mental, or spiritual, which befall mortal men, it is not to be assumed that he has power to impose them, except in isolated instances when, where people have complied with laws which permit such an imposition. Otherwise, Satan would shackle all men with ills so drastic as to destroy them. Verse 17, And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all his disciples rejoiced for all the glories, glorious things which were done by him. So the message of this lesson is sometimes we are overwhelmed with the requirements for exaltation. There are so many commandments, so many restrictions, so many duties. We come again and again to the word endure and we tremble. We read the command, be ye therefore perfect, and we despair. We remember that the Lord warned Joseph Smith of future trials and tragedies and then said, hold on thy way, and we wonder if we can. But with all of this comes the other promises, the other insights. Exaltation is not an easy Is not as easy as catching fish in a hatchery, but is much easier than the alternative. The Savior said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest from your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And that was by Ted Gibbons. Verse 18 is the parable of the mustard seed and leaven. Then said he, Unto what is the kingdom of God like, and whereunto shall I resemble or compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and cast into his garden, and it grew and waxed or became great, and the fowls of the air lodged in the branches of it. And again he said, Whereunto shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole was leavened. Now the the mustard seed, or the tree, that is symbolic of the kingdom, and the, the fowls of the air are like angels that come to visit members of the church. Uh, verse twenty-two, and he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying through Jerusalem. And there said one unto him, Lord, are there few only that be saved? And he answered him and said, Strive to enter in at the straight gate, or narrow. For I say unto you, many shall seek to enter in and shall not be able. For the Lord shall not always strive with man. Therefore, when, when once the Lord of the of the kingdom is risen up, and hath shut the door to the kingdom. Then ye shall stand without and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. But the Lord shall answer and say unto you, I will not receive you, for ye knew not from whence ye are. This sounds like the parable of the ten virgins, doesn't it, where they come knocking and he doesn't let them in. Then shall ye begin to say, Ye have eaten and drunk in in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he, he shall say, I tell you, ye know not from whence ye are. Depart from me, all workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth among you, when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and are thrust out. And verily I say unto you, They shall come from the east and the west, and from the north and the south, and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are, the, there are last which are which shall be first, and there are first which shall be last, and shall be saved therein. Bruce R. McConkie said, Will few or many attain eternal life in the celestial kingdom? The answer of great concern to all who seek salvation depends upon what is meant by few. Few of what group? of all persons born into the world, of the portion of mankind who grow to a sufficient maturity to become accountable for their own sins, or of the members of the church who have covenanted in the waters of baptism to serve God and keep his commandments in return for the promise of eternal salvation hereafter. There are, of course, three kingdoms of glory to which resurrected persons will go, the celestial, terrestrial, and telestial. Of these three, only the celestial is the kingdom of God. It is the kingdom reserved for the saints who obey the laws and ordinances of the gospel. Great hosts of persons will go to the other kingdoms and hence will not attain salvation in the full gospel sense. From the spirit and letter of the prophet's vision on the degrees of glory, it appears that the great majority of accountable persons in the world will go to the telestial kingdom. He recorded in the revelation that the inhabitants of that lowest kingdom would be as innumerable as the stars in the firmament of heaven or as the sand upon the seashore. On the other hand, speaking to accountable persons and to a, and of attainment to the celestial kingdom, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, "'Few there be that find it.' In other words, proportionately, few of the earth's total accountable inhabitants will gain salvation. The overwhelming majority of them will go to lesser kingdoms and receive lesser rewards. Yet the total number who will gain salvation will be great and not small. John, on one occasion, saw in vision a group of exalted persons who exceeded a hundred million in number, or in another occasion he beheld a group of saved persons which which formed such a great multitude that no man could number them. Included among the the celestial inhabitants will be all the children who die before they arrive at the years of accountability." of this group president John Taylor said without Adam's transgression those children could have could not have been exalted or could not have existed Through the atonement, they are placed in a state of salvation without any act of their own. These would embrace, according to the opinion of statisticians, more than one-half of the human family who can attribute their salvation only to the mediation and atonement of the Savior. That was by John Taylor. As to members of the church, many will gain salvation, many will not, for accountable persons to receive a celestial inheritance. Baptism coupled with personal righteousness is essential. For such persons to inherit eternal life in the celestial world, celestial marriage plus conformity to gospel law is required. Those members of the church who act accordingly will gain the rewards indicated. Those who do not abide the laws involved will go to lesser inheritances in lower kingdoms and will not gain full salvation. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. Again, remember that uh, if, if about half of the world's population have died before they reach the age of accountability... Uh, that could be around thirty or forty billion people that have lived on the earth so far. Keep in mind that most of the people will be exalted that live during the millennium and it's been estimated by uh, by the brethren that more people that have that more people will live during the millennium that have lived so far upon the earth, so that might be another eighty billion people. so it could be that most people uh, that live upon this earth will end up being exalted. Uh, so we can't t- say that only a few people will be exalted. There's probably more to be exalted than than won't be. Anyway, remember that God is going to be successful at being a good parent, so more people will be exalted than won't be. Verse 31. And as he was teach thus teaching, there came to him certain of the Pharisees, saying unto him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, Go ye and tell Herod, behold, I cast out devils, and I, I and do cures today and tomorrow and the third day i shall be perfected herod could be the only person in jesus's recorded life to speak directly to the master but hear nothing in reply jesus showed real and deep contempt for herod that was in uh, verse by verse by skinner and kelly or ogden verse 33 nevertheless i must walk today and tomorrow and the and the third day for it cannot it cannot be that a prophet perish out of jerusalem This he spake, signifying of his death, and in this very hour he began to weep over Jerusalem, saying, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who killest the prophets and stonest them who are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. Jesus will not be killed by Herod, but by his own people. Verse 35, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, ye shall not know me until ye have received from the hand of the Lord a just recompense for all your sins until the time come when ye shall say, blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. And they won't say that until Jesus appears on the Mount of Olives. uh, And that'll be after the, or during the battle of Armageddon. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter and we will see you next time. Bye.